In this episode, Coach and I talk to his longtime friend, co-worker, and fellow coach, Mo Harpenau. Mo coached Tell City's varsity basketball team for several years, winning a sectional title in 1993. We discuss several things to include what it takes to be a good coach and what excellent coaching looks like. Enjoy the conversation. All right. Episode 21, we have uh, Coach's longtime friend, golf partner, uh, co-worker, uh, Mo Harpenau. So, Mo, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Coach, you just had, took a trip to Alabama. How was that? It was great. Really nice. Yeah, what would you do down there? Mostly sat on the uh, porch and looked out on the, on the lake. <laughs> yeah. We went out and we went out in the boat a little bit and everything. I can't keep up with those kids anymore. <laughs> they're doing the they're doing the boats and the skis and I get burned too quick. So I, <laughs> I enjoyed the view and it was really nice and it was fun. How old are your grandkids now? Uh, thirteen and ten. Wow. All right, Mo, well, you got some grandkids too, right? Yeah. I got several of them. <laughs> Are you keeping up with them? Try to. It's been a, a little bit easier since uh, there's no activities going on presently. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I uh, was telling Gina this the other day. I was like, I, I didn't realize how much of our daily lives revolved around our kids' uh, activities, like sports and uh, lesson, like violin lessons and all that other jazz. But uh, we have a lot more free time now. So, uh, Mo, I was talking to Brandon, and he said that you guys used to golf a lot. So, uh, my first question is, uh, who is the better golfer? Well, we're pretty pretty equal. We're both pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We had fun being that way. We had our moments though, where we where we did hit good shots. <laughs> Well, I don't don't feel bad. I took my twelve year old son out golfing today, um, and for nine holes, I think uh, he beat me by four strokes. Um, all right, so Mo, reason we got you on is because you're one of Coach's good friends, and you're like a um, a coworker as well. You're also also the athletic director, so you saw him in uh, uh, a working capacity, but you also worked at the outdoor. Are you? Uh, you were the rec. Uh, Recreation director. Recreation director. You recently uh, gave up that position, right, Mo? Yeah, I was going to give it up uh, a while back. We had a couple of things that was going on. Uh, they wanted me to write a five-year plan for the city, and, and I was able to get that accomplished, and I was going to get out, and then we started working on something to renovate the pool. And, and so I was involved with writing a, a grant uh, with some with uh, another another uh, entity in town, uh, we was able to, and I stayed on until after February to make sure all that got done, and that grant got approved. So we're going to be doing some work at the pool, to, at the city pool. Uh, it is much needed a long time ago. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. That liner is about ready to fall apart, huh? Yeah, they're gonna have a new liner. The old slide came down. Put in a uh, a, a splash bar type thing. Area where he was. Redo some things in the bathhouse. The deck is gonna be redone. So it's gonna be a major undertaking this really. Thanks, Mo. That's that's wonderful thing you're doing, or you did. Well, it's gonna end up they're probably. It's going to be close to being what they put in the uh, in your pool at school, Coach. Whatever they did, we were, the grant we got, uh, we had to match two hundred fifty thousand, and so there's going to be half half a million plus uh, some more. So I don't know what it'll end up being, but it'll be above that what they're going to put into to, to the facility. Really, I think it's worth it. I'm hoping that other people do too. There is no other community pool. Uh, it doesn't get used as much because of of uh, more people have uh, their own pools, and Holly World is close enough for a lot of people 
have season passes. I don't know how that will change now with things going on, but it wasn't usually like it was whenever Mike was running way back in the that was the place to be. Yeah. I do want to get into that. How did uh, how do you feel Mike ran the pool pretty well? Oh, you did an excellent job. <laughs> I had a lot of good help. All of, all of was there with me all the way. You know, we got into the last few years where we didn't really have anybody to run it. You know, it's one of those items that, uh, and the people were there doing the best they could. They didn't have the knowledge like that Mike and some of the some of the some of his co coaches had that as time went on after Mike got out of it they took it uh, Jennifer was there for a while and uh, Paula was involved with it and, uh, and they had a lot of good people that was had knowledge about the pool that's what it takes yeah no coach said when he first took over that pool in the filter he would have to stick pencils in it yeah <laughs> It looked like a porcupine for a while. <laughs> I appreciate everything you've done, Mo, and everything that uh, you did for the community. And, uh, you know, sad to see you go, but, uh, you know, happy that things kind of worked out the way they did in your, uh, in your time there. So, especially the way, you know, they ended up. So, but I actually, I actually worked for Mo for a little while as I used to mow grass for the, uh, Toothman for Jimmy Toothman. They always they always call me the brown noser, Mo. <laughs> Jimmy was trying to talk me into staying until he retired. I said, well, that'll make me really old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to get into some questions. I think I uh, did. You guys get my earlier text on some of the questions I I sent? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. I mean, you go you guys were both uh, pretty successful coaches in Tell City. Uh, Mo, were you the head coach of the basketball team, men's basketball team, when they won like the '93 sectional championship? Is that? Yeah, we did. We we won '93. Had a couple of uh, well, you guys, you and Brandon, senior year, we should have had the opportunity and ended up not winning that one. And uh, in the next year, uh, as well, we should have. Zach was playing as well. We got beat the championship game. Both of them, they were both dis disappointing. So you know it's. Could have been, been happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you uh, you actually coached uh, Mike's son Zach. Did you? Did Brett play basketball? He did. Okay. I was uh, not coaching at that time. Okay. No, I remember. Uh, I remember you coaching Brandon. I always thought Brandon had a really good like outside three point shot, and you never seemed to start him or play him as much as I thought you should. Um, is it? Did you feel like since he was your son, you you you, you played favorites? Uh, you'd be seen as playing favorites if you put him in or start him. I never did feel that way, you know. The, the decisions on who we were playing in our matchups. I mean, I was again hurting. Uh, he got to play start his senior year. His senior year, he was uh, not quite where he needed to be. And actually, his senior year, whenever we got him. Him and do some of the things we needed him to do uh, as, as a team player. Uh, our team got better. Uh, his point production went up and his rebounds and defense got better. Um, well, I'll just I'll move into the question. I'll ask uh, Coach first, Mo, and then um, ask you. So, in your personal opinion, Coach, what makes a good coach? No, for heaven's sakes. Um, I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, folks that's uh, interested enough to stay there and be involved and hopefully has the knowledge. All right. I mean, so I'll stay with Mike and I'll just ask a follow-on question, Mo. Like, so do you do you think that good athletes make better coaches? Without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> for heaven's sakes, yeah. I, mean, I think uh, – Obviously, the the better athletes you have, the better coach you are. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, because they perform and they can do the things that uh, I guess uh, you you know you people are looking for. I mean, you know, it takes it takes all kinds of athletes, and you know, every sport's different. 
my, my sport, you know, we relied on depth a lot. And, uh, just have to deal with, uh, you know, with what comes and, and what you have. Yeah, I would assume like a sport like swimming, you'd have to really understand the uh, um, the technique and the strokes to to be an effective coach. So in that aspect, you would have to be a decent athlete to be a, a decent coach. But it's probably not the same thing for like I would say like cross country or track, perhaps. So I, I think it would probably be sport dependent. I don't know. You think so or? I think so. I, I, I think in my situation, your know, technique was so important, uh, as well as uh, just like any other sport, you know, uh, diet. And, uh, but I think technique and and uh, work ethic, those kinds of things are, are very important. But again, you know, that's that's true in a lot of sports. Yeah. Yeah, Mo, what about you? What makes a good coach? Well, I think Mike <clears throat> got, got uh, nailed it there whenever he was talking about having knowledge. It's important to have knowledge, not only have the knowledge, but also be able to uh, take it and be able to get whatever your athlete is you're trying to coach, get it through to them. Getting it through to one is not going to be the same as maybe getting it through to the next one. You may have to change your change your uh, routine of how how you're getting the point across. But everybody learns it. Dedication and Mike dedicated his life there, and uh, it's it's you know when I was in uh, when I was started at Tulsa, I came a year after Mike did in '81, and. Mike was consistent there, and, and, and that's what makes the program. And whenever I got there, in the first ten years that I was in Tell City, we had five different basketball head basketball coaches. So I was I I my assumption is that if you had five different head coaches in ten years of swimming, the success rate here would go down tremendously as well. Uh, you just can't have that much changing of the guard and be very Unless you have really good athletes all the time, you would not get any consistency. Would you? Would you agree with that, Mike? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Why is it you think coaches only stay a couple of years? I mean, that's pretty much what you see now, especially in high school athletics. Is I mean, you get a get a coach for a couple of years and then they move on. Well, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with me. In, in basketball, you have a lot of disgruntled individuals and if if you're not winning uh, and so consequently they're always looking for a new answer to the question uh, and sometimes if you get a younger coach in there that being successful if you get a young coach to be successful then other people are out looking for them and I'm sure Mike had some opportunities to go elsewhere once he got the pros established and I had some opportunities to go elsewhere but I was from Perry and I chose to stay uh, for that reason yeah no coach coach said he has he did get another offer but he won't tell us where <laughs> are you did you go to uh perry central then mo i didn't get the background on you we kind of skipped over that yes i did i graduated very simple okay so we still like it yeah we'll we'll take him in <laughs> yeah i was an old farm boy so how was that how was that coming to getting a coaching position, teaching job at Tell City. Were you hesitant on that, or where were you coming from in your life at that time? I wanted to coach basketball when I got out, out, probably much like Mike wanted to coach swimming. Tell City was one of the premier programs in southern Indiana, and it was one of my goals to be able to come back and coach at Tell City. Now, my first teaching job in 1980, uh, whenever I got out of college was uh, at Southbridge and I would have been all right staying there but they had an opening uh, here and Joe Talley had contacted me and it, uh, it was close closer to home and I was living at Andy at that time so it was one of the places that I really wanted to come to coach uh, little did I know there was going to be as difficult as it was for a lot of years there but 
But uh, so it, it all it all worked out. I enjoyed being here. Again, I had some opportunities to go elsewhere, but I just didn't. All all of my life, I had to live here. So it, it was just going to be a burden. I didn't want to get in a situation where every three to five years you either they're disgruntled with you and you're going somewhere else, so we just stay free. So, my second question is here, like, what inspired you to, we'll, we'll go back to Coach uh, uh, Mo. so Coach uh, Page, what inspired you to be a coach? Well, it was just something I wanted to do. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, I was, I was in swimming all, my whole life, all through college, and so when I got out, I uh, worked a little bit, for, worked in Evansville for a while at a bar, and then um, tables and that kind of thing. Yeah, when I first got married, we were all waiting tables at a little bar downtown Evansville. Got a, a friend of mine coaching up in Terre Haute, and I went up to uh, Terre Haute Aquatic Club. And, uh, it was just something I always wanted to do. And so. I think I was about three three months after I graduated from college. Got the call up there, applied, got the job. What year was that, Mike? Uh, it would have been '76. You and I would have been in Terre Haute at the same time. Yeah, I, was, I went there in '76. Oh, uh, did you go to Indiana State, Mo? Is that where you went to school? I did. Go Sycamores, right? <laughs> Um, was that the Larry Bird era? When was Larry Bird there? It was Larry Bird era. It was, uh, it was a very good time period to be in, in uh, Terre Haute. We had good basketball. The baseball teams were good. Uh, Kirk Thomas was an Olympic gold medalist. Bruce Baumgartner was a three-time Olympic gold medalist. He was a wrestler. We got to see a lot of good athletes. Yeah. Coach, um, so everybody that's listening, there's like a 20 second delay on from when we're uh, when the fa- when the feed is on Facebook, and Jane Aware wants to know what bar, Coach. Maybe she's been there. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's there anymore. Hunter's Hideaway was the name of the place. RC Hunter was the owner. I thought you were going to say you're a bouncer or something. It was no, not right. <laughs> Only want to get bounced there would be me out of the place, but the. Uh, it was on Division Street, and I don't think that's even there anymore, is it? I, uh, but it was uh, it, it was a, it was a college college bar, college hangout, serve burgers and chili and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the old red checkered tablecloths, that kind of thing. Yeah. Did they give you free beer as your payment? Uh, not always, no. Dang, we got to hang around after we closed a little bit if we wanted to. <laughs> so was that was that your job in college then? Is that what you did in college? No, I swam. In college. Well, all right. So when did you when did you work there then? Immediately after you graduated? After I graduated. Okay. Well, no, no. I mean, I was uh, after you know, like swim season got over in like what um, February, March. Okay. Yeah. I think I probably went to work about April and. May got married in June, and uh, we were there in July and August, I guess. I think I went to Terre Haute in September. Okay. Mo, what was your first? Uh, did you have a college job? I mean, was it stay on this? Yeah, I, I did. I, I uh, worked uh, in the weight rooms at Indiana State, either at either at the or at the rec center or either at the uh, one of the dorms. Jennifer Jennifer Land said the bar would have gone broke if uh, <laughs> if they paid you in beer, Coach. <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Hey, Mike, I got to actually, I was uh, had one of your old swimmers in my house today. Yeah. I gave him. I gave him your number. He says he's going to give you a call. It's Brian Rob. I'll be done. Oh, I'd love to hear from him. Was he? Uh, what was he? Is he? He's a contractor now, or he does construction, right? He was uh, putting up some new gutters on my detached garage today. Okay. Yeah, Brian Robbins does like seamless gutters now, so it does pretty well. Yep. 
he stays extremely busy, does really quality work. He's a good young man. Well, he's probably not so young anymore, right? No, he's catching up with her. <laughs> like... uh, he would have been, been an 80 graduate somewhere in there, wouldn't he, in the 80s? Yeah, I think he graduated maybe in 84. No. Because it, it would have been when Dave Lukey was coaching. Yeah, uh, yeah, because Dave brought him down, brought him down to me. Correct. Mo, would you have given up? What was he? Your their third string guard coach? Yeah, he was, and and you know he was going to get limited, limited time. He was a good athlete that needed to go do something. He ended up helping you guys out more than he probably would have us. Just starting out his sophomore year, and I mean, yeah. that's insane. And what he placed in state was highest place, coach. I don't think he placed it. He was he was seated fourth going into state, but you know that was back. Uh, you know we went to state. He was all by himself. Uh, you know I don't even, I don't even think anybody went with us. Um, you know it's just at that time. You know with only three years of experience, um, of swim, you know of swimming period. Mm-hmm. That was just a daunting thing. I, I, he he might have gotten into the console. I, I'm, I'm sure he got into the consoles, but I can't remember exactly what place he got. Yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, it's, that's so impressive. I was, it still blows me away, you know? Yeah, yeah, he, he was a, a, an unbelievable town. And he got he had an offer, you know, and he had an offer to go to um, to Vincennes, um and swim, but he, he, he just didn't want to have anything to do with college at the time. Well, it's not for everybody, but he's doing no, doing well for no, himself now. No, I mean, well. yeah. I mean, we've talked about Brian Robbins a lot. I'd love to have him on here, but like you said, I don't. He doesn't talk very much, I, I guess, and probably wouldn't want to. So <laughs> he's pretty quiet. I, I, told, I told him I'd give you, uh, I'd send you his number. He said he'd talk to you. Would he really? He'd come on. I said, well, I don't know how long it'd be. So I said, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. He said, I don't know if I can talk that long. <laughs> well. Louie, you just have to come up with a bunch more questions. We fill in the time. We go off on tangents, you know. It's not a straight line. I, <laughs> I, I want to let everybody know that there is absolutely no format. I come up with some questions, but if, like, I don't get to them or we go off on something else, then that's fine. I just try to ask as many questions as I can. All right, back to the questions. I mean, we were talking, we were starting to talk about coaching, and kind of went off a little bit, but uh, we'll try to steer it. So, uh, so I asked you what makes a good coach, but uh, it's kind of a sidetrack to that. What does excellent coaching look like, uh, Coach Page? We'll start with you. Doc Houseman. <laughs> yeah. Mark Schubert. You know, guys like that, I guess. I, you know, I mean, they, you know, they're the innovators and they came up with a lot of the stuff and they had coached the Olympians and all that. So I guess if you're going to uh, look at, you know, coaches like that, I mean, it's, you know, like in basketball and football and stuff like that, you can look at pro coaches and that type of thing. And there's obviously pro coaches in swimming as well, but they're not as well known as, as their athletes. You know, in fact, in swimming, you very seldom hear about coaches. You know, other than you see them in the stands or something like that, and they'll point them out. But uh, I, I think I, I was around a lot of really good coaches at the high school. I, you know, we had we had excellent sports. We, they were they were stand up people, and uh, I, I thought we had a lot of excellent coaches in Tennessee. All right, so you mentioned you mentioned like professional coaches and college coaches. I mean, what makes an excellent high school coach? Let's let's not all of us are going to get to that spot. You know, where we're like college or professional coaches but you know, like we could be you know high school coach so what makes an excellent high school coach i've always kind of been of the you know you hear about the college coaches and them being such great teachers and all this kind of thing like that and i look around and i see what what coaches have to deal with at the junior high and high school level as far as you know really teaching and you know when you see you know you see kids coming out and playing well as juniors and seniors it didn't happen when they were juniors and seniors. A lot of it happened when they were in sixth, seventh, eighth, or eight or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, coaches teaching them the, the fundamentals and how to play and, and, 
and what to do. I, I mean, I, I don't know anything about basketball. I don't know anything, you know, I, mean, I think I know. You know, I'm like, that's why I have so much respect for coaches like Mo and them in, in basketball. It wasn't the same in Slim. The only time swimmers got attention was every four years when there was the Olympics and that type of thing, unless you were in the swimming family. But, you know, Mo coached in a sport where everybody in the United States and the world knows how to coach basketball. They know everything there is to know about basketball, including me. I mean, you know, I thought I knew all there was to know about basketball. I'm just another parent, you know, just like most everybody else is and, and everything. But I think uh, the level of teaching and, uh, you know, how much a kid improves from, you know, uh, from point A to point B, you know, from the beginning to when they, they stop or whatever, I think has a lot to do with, uh, you know, with, with the coach being good or excellent or whatever you want to call it. I think, it, you know, a lot of it, you just kind of have to follow the trail and, and see, uh, you know, see how the kids do, how well they, they've been taught, how well they've been, you know, yeah, brought along. Now. What about you, Mo? What do you think makes an excellent coach? You know, we'll, we'll narrow it down to, like, high school coach. Well, you know, number one, you have to have dedication to, to, to the sport. You just can't, you know, in Mike's case, like, whenever I whenever I decided to apply for the job in Tell City, one of the things that uh, we didn't have for 10 years was consistency. You know, in Mike's case, I had to look at hiring people at the elementary and junior high levels, and, and, and Mike, whenever he was there, he basically had himself and one or two others, and those are the same people who were there all the way through the program. So consequently, Mike was giving them direction from the time they started to the time they ended, and that's that's a very key. You have to have consistency in in developing those strokes. Uh, that, that you have there. We, we, we didn't have that for a while in basketball. And so whenever I asked individuals to uh, be, be an assistant at whatever level, I asked them to give us, you know, a five, six, seven year commitment to allow me to be there that long because we needed to have something that was more consistent on a regular basis instead of this year we got this dad and next year we got another dad because that's all you can get. And consequently, it doesn't be negative towards those people, but uh, a lot of times they didn't know the skill. If, if Mike was going to change those people every year, uh, his program would not have been successful either. Consequently, he had to put a lot more hours in, but uh, that's a credit to him and his dedication. Yeah. Did you guys do morning practices at all, Mo, or was it just afternoon? We did. We did at times. We tried to do things routine as possible uh, we did morning practices because sometimes we had afternoon games I wanted to be able to get up and be able to do what needed to be done on the floor naturally it wasn't always the best practices but if you had to play a game mid-afternoon you, you had to be up and ready to go <clears throat> instead of waiting till it's time to catch the bus and then get up yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, your first years there at Tell City, it sounds like it was a lot of turmoil and and uh, pretty difficult times there, huh? First couple of years. It was different. It was different because I, I was accustomed to witnessing, you know, I had utmost respect for Coach Lockfield. You know, he had a program that was uh, outstanding. Had a good feeder system. Part of that was lost, and nobody, not only for Tell City, but for a lot of schools, was away with a lot of elementaries. Uh, before I, before I uh, interviewed for the job, I talked to Coach, and that was one of the things that he had said was a difficult situation. Was this. the program was diminishing because of how many kids weren't getting played any longer? Did you go from Noob in St. Paul and getting a lot of playing time. That was all taken away. When did it start to like kind of turn around for you though? Um, Intel City. How many years do you think it had to take you to 
get a foundation, get the right people set in place. Well, we we had we had good people in, in place to ride off, and we were fortunate enough to win the first year of coaching. And you know, Mike can attest to that. Whenever you're winning, a lot of people are more excited about being a part of something. You know, they they wasn't. Uh, we didn't have a 500 club, 500 season for those first 10 years. Consequently, when we did that, then there was a little more dedication from the players' aspect, putting the time needed, uh, and putting in quality time. Putting in time, quality time, you did things. You're just going through the motions. Yeah. You were coming into a situation where, like, when it, you were in high school, did you play? You played against what was it? Was it Lock Mueller, Coach Lock Mueller at the time? He was playing. He was coaching. Yeah. So, I mean, Tell City had a pretty story basketball program while you were probably at, in high school at Paris Central. So, um, and then I guess when you went off to college, it kind of like went downhill when he left, and then uh, so you're coming in after the fact, correct? And so, correct. So you you. You knew what it was. You know, they were accustomed to winning, and then whenever uh, the other coaches came in and, and they weren't being successful, actually, uh, our community wasn't too, too positive responsive to that. When football started, football programs started to deteriorate and decline, like, I mean, not a lot you can do when the population starts declining, you know, in a small town like that, but... Coach, I never did ask you this. When when you came to town, did, did, uh, did Coach Scally ever say, now you will coach this also? <laughs> no. No, he didn't. He didn't have much to say to me at all. <laughs> I met him in the parking lot, and I thought he probably thought I was an alien. You know, like, <laughs> what's a swim coach, huh? Well, after I interviewed for the basketball job, they had a, had a teaching job, and then he said, now, you, you can have this job, but you will coach boys' tennis. <laughs> I think I remember you telling me that. And he, he said, are you okay with that? I said, I guess if I want the job, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know anything about tennis? I played tennis, uh, you know, and, and I knew the strokes, the kids, the, whenever I came in, I don't think they were, they weren't a Accustomed to uh, working the way I wanted to work, so it took a little bit of. of uh, we, we didn't use any rackets for the first three or four practices. Uh, we just did a lot of conditioning, and, and uh, always, always felt in whatever uh, sports you play, better conditioned athlete was going to be more successful more often. Than non-conditioned athlete. So consequently, we got him in condition. We did. We we were we were about five hundred the first year. Then we won the sectional two years in a row. Uh, after that, uh, and the fourth year we came close but got beat out. So, but then I got laid off for a year, so I I wasn't coaching there anymore. You got laid off. Yeah, we had a reduction in force. Uh, we've been in 1986, uh, 85, 86. Actually, it was uh, it was the year Coach George passed away because I I was uh, still in town sub. I was actually coaching very Central at that time, and uh, and then when uh, Coach George passed away. Uh, they asked me to come back and, and uh, take his position for the rest of the year, and so I did. And then uh, uh, I had interviewed, was accepted a job at Martinsville, and uh, they came out and asked me if I would be interested in staying. And, uh, took a job, so I uh, turned the other job down and uh, staying here. Got lucky. <laughs> yep, got yeah. lucky. Well, no, Tell City got lucky. So, that's it. God, I was going to ask a question, but I uh, forgot what it was. 
Um, I already asked that one about the athletes making better coaches, but I didn't ask you that, Mo. Did do you? We asked Coach that, and he said, "Of course." But do you think uh, good athletes make better coaches, especially in basketball? I definitely think so. Uh, they definitely, they definitely make a big difference. The, the other thing that's very important is is uh, them being a good teacher, because even if they're a good athlete, they can't get the point across what needs to be done then they're going to struggle not only with that particular game or whatever they're trying to get across the offense. Um, so it, 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 they don't necessarily have to be a great athlete to be a good coach, but I think it would be an actual benefit. That doesn't mean that they're going to be a good coach just because they were a good athlete. Yeah. Do you think that's a true statement? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, you see it all the time. We're like, uh, I mean, I I don't know a lot of these other coaches' background, but like, uh, you know, Rick Patino or, you know, I know Bobby Knight played basketball and pretty successful, uh, like, regional basketball player, even college basketball player. But you see guys like that, you know, they're, they're not like stars, but they ended up, Brad Stevens is another example, you know, basketball coach that had a lot of success and was a very excellent coach. So, um, I don't know. My opinion is passion, and I think uh, Mo Mo hit on that, like dedication. I think you could wrap passion into that. You have to have a passion for the sport, I think, and you have to be a good teacher, like you said. So, um, being able to being able to convey your thoughts in the words, and then and then what you want them to do, I think is very important as well. So, I don't know. Another another thing is, in my case, this you can't coach the same person the same way you would another person because some people will take the criticism a little better, some won't take it at all. Uh, you got to watch how you're uh, trying to get the point across uh, in order for them to be the most effective they can with whatever support you're trying to give them. Oh yeah, and I mean. I- I want to have uh, John Hayes on here, Coach, and I want to try to go over the difference between uh, coaching girls and coaching boys because, I mean, that's along the lines of what Mo said. Like, not every athlete um, thinks the same way. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like in the in today's in, – in the uh, society that we live in today, like a lot of people try to, like, um, create this equality among males and females all the time, but – I don't think there's this. I think it's there's there's a there's de, there's a definite difference in how you can coach both uh, either one of those, in my personal opinion. So I want to have John Hayes on here and see what he says and and kind of have him talk to you. Um, I mean, we can hit on that. So Mo, did you coach girls tennis too? I did uh, after I came back in '87. Uh, until I got basketball coaching job. I mean, it, 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 their work ethic is, uh, is good for the most part uh, as, as the boy. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, convincing them, and Mike, Mike can probably attest to that because he coached both, but you know, if you, you get them to follow what you need to do, uh, they, they, they'll work as hard as the boys will. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel, Coach? You think there's a definite difference between coaching girls and coaching boys? I know you said you like to try to keep it the same, but I mean, um, I think coaching is part being a psychologist. You know, I mean, you're not you're not trained to be a psychologist, but like you're trying to figure out what's going on mentally with them. And I think uh, um, being a guy and a, a male myself, I pretty much know how a male was thinking, but um, I don't. I'm still trying to figure out how women think you know i'm 40 years old and i'm still trying to figure that out so like you know what motivates them how can you push them and uh i think mo's correct like their work ethic spot on i mean they're they're an athlete you know so they want to do good they want to do well so there's no question worth work ethic is same you know but like 
mentally, it's hard. It is. It was harder for me. You know, I, I agree. I yeah. It's it's it, there's there's little differences here and there. I think the main thing is, you, you know, you need they have to have equal opportunity. And I think you know, at least in Tell City, it seemed like the, the girls and the guys had uh, you know it, it was equal as far as facilities, practice times, all that kind of thing. Um, so I think you know, given the opportunity. Um, you know, you're going to have success. And again, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, you know, you had, you had the same kind of situations. You had different talent levels in both the boys and the girls. You had different attitudes. Um, in the girls, we had more competition for spots and that type of thing because we had more numbers. Uh, with the guys, you know, but, you know, we go around like this. I know, you know, they, they talk about, well, this kid, um, you know, this kid plays around all the time. They go underneath the lane lines. They hide. They do, you know, they go to the bathroom in the middle of a set. They do, you know, and, you know, you, you deal with those kinds of things, uh, you know, again, in, individually, basically. And I, you know, I always like to think that I, I had kids, uh, I was fortunate enough to have kids that got, uh, you know, that did well at the end. And when they did well at the end, they felt good and I felt good and, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I think that was equal for all of them. And uh, that was important to me. Number one, that they had the equal opportunity. And uh, number two, they, you know, they were able to grow and get better. Yeah. Well, and anyways, I want to have John Hayes on here. Were you, were you friends with John at all, Coach? You talking to me? Yeah, Coach Page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he actually coached uh, Brad, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, Yes, you did. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, and I knew John, uh, you know, I, I knew him from the time he got there teaching him. So. Well, I'm hoping to have him on next week, so maybe that'll uh, – I'm trying to take it a different route. Like, I know we've we've had all these swimmers on, and I still want to have some swimmers on every yeah. once in a while, but, like, everyone's saying how great Coach is, and I'm just tired of listening to it, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. So no, I want to have like I want to get into the good stuff, like uh, what makes a good coach, you know, like what's the difference between coaching girls and boys, and I'll take on any other recommendations that people have, you know, that uh, they'd like to hear uh, your opinion on. So, but I got I got the help like uh, in one coach aspect that one year whenever we was the South South Spencer, remember that, Mike? I'm not sure. Apparently, the door was open to the pool whenever we was in at halftime. During one of our basketball games, we weren't playing very well. Mike's kids were out there swimming. <laughs> he said, I don't know if it helped your kids. He said, I sure made my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh, man. That's funny. Now, were you like that? Were you like that in the locker room, though? Or you, would you get after them? At times, yeah. They needed it. Yeah, but he usually talked about Christmas time. I come in, come in the gym. I get here. I know it had to be Jiminy Christmas or something like that. <laughs> you ever hear that? Yeah, yeah, Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. Oh, for Pete's sake! <laughs> I usually, when I came in there, I just usually went back out, came back later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Coach had a few of them. He never really cussed too much, but uh, were you a cusser? Did, would you cuss in the lock? No. That's good. I mean, after a while, you know, like, they just tune it out, you know. If you're like that and you're always yelling, I try to – my 12-year-old son, like, always yells. And I'm like, listen, if you always yell, no one's going to listen to you. Like, you're always yelling. You're that guy, you know. So I've had bosses like that, too, that were always like – you know, they were wound really tight, so they'd always yell. And after a while, you just kind of tune them out. So you got to know when to use that tool, you know. So, Mo, I don't. I'm sure you know this, but uh, Coach is a UK fan. So, um, do you ever hold it against him? Nope. <laughs> I've never held it against any UK fan. <laughs> that's. Oh, that's not the answer I was expecting. But. <laughs> You think we had a bad off, bad enough the way it was? Huh? Did you? I guess uh, 
you can't root for Indiana State. Like, they're hardly ever in the tournament anymore. So, like, is there a team you root for? Yeah, usually IU. It's been difficult. Uh, since you got you and Brandon were at Purdue, I've watched a lot more Purdue games than I did Indiana because they were at times hard to watch. They're getting better. Yeah. Did you watch? Did you watch? Uh, there's a thirty for thirty. It's uh, about Bobby Knight, the last days of night, or I forget what it is, the last days of night or whatever. Do you ever have you ever seen that? A thirty for thirty. About when Bobby and I got fired. Yeah, I've seen it. I think uh, Jennifer Land like posted on Facebook like uh, like her favorite era of IU basketball was like I forget what it was like Calvert Cheney era or something. I was like I don't know. I like the Neil Reed era. <laughs> so, just to just to rub it in a little bit, see if she responds if she still's on. She's still on here. <laughs> Oh, um, Lori Dryling said, we knew we were in trouble if Coach Page came in and said, girls, it's time it's, <laughs> it's time for a come-to-Jesus meeting. <laughs> you never said that to us. I uh, know. <laughs> Mo, I saw you drinking some. Uh, what is that? What are you drinking there, Mo? This one's a fat tire. Oh, fat tire? No, I, are you drinking tea? Bourbon. Bourbon. All right. What bourbon you like? Uh, depends on what day it is. <laughs> Do you have anything mixed in it or is it just straight? It's straight. Well, we talked yesterday, but Coach can't. Coach just had chemo, so uh, was it yesterday? So you're you're out of commission. Mm-hmm. I'm, hooked. I'm hooked up today. I get a, I get unhooked tomorrow. So you're out of commission. Uh, whenever I make my trip up, whenever we hit this social distancing. To where, where we can go do something, I'll uh, I'll make sure that we're on the off week. Yeah, good. Thanks. <laughs> Look forward to it. So my plan is to hold them later, and like after, you know, you can you can have a few brews because I'm, you know, that that's part of it. That's what I want to do. You know, like yeah. beers with coach or like uh, happy hour with coach or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking my Modelo right now, so. I'm like uh, Mo. I'm. I don't know if you know this, but I'm probably like. I don't know, ten, fifteen miles from the border of Mexico. Like I could go. Down, I could walk down my block and see Tijuana. Plenty of Mexican beer around here. <laughs> and I got a lime tree in my backyard. Oh. <laughs> no. Last question I want to ask in any context, Coach. What's the best thing you've seen during quarantine? It could be like a movie. It could be uh, something that you've seen uh, on Facebook. What's the best thing since uh, we've been in quarantine that you've seen? Yes, other than you guys, uh, uh, I don't know. I could see my grandsons and my daughter and son-in-law. And this trip down to Alabama was was really nice, but... uh, I don't know. I guess uh, you know, getting to see Chris on—I don't ever get to see her, but get to see her on the uh, tablet like this every once in a while. So that's probably been the best. All right. What about you, Mo? What's what in any context? What's the best thing you've seen since we've been on lockdown? I, I guess. I guess he, uh, my grandkids got to come here a couple of times. That would be the best part. The rest of it hasn't been very good at all. I don't have anything. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> you get to go out and hit the, hit the golf ball. Yeah, no, we went to golf. We golfed today. Yeah, I mean, spending time with family. Yeah, like you guys said, like it, it's provided us with a lot of downtime, which we normally don't get. So, because we're always running around taking the kids everywhere. So. Um, just downtime to spend with uh, with the family, but I tell you what, I'm ready to like strangle my 12 year old. So, <laughs> <laughs> listen, to, I'll tell you a story real quick. So, I feel like, and you guys have both raised young males, and this is my first go at it. So he's 12 years old, and he's never happy, always in a bad mood. It seems like ever since this happened, and I know that's probably something to do with it. Um, but the other day, I, I feel like I'm, I think he's regressed. He's like a seven-year-old. So like we were eating dinner 
And I'm like, you're not eating another Cheeto until you eat the rest of your chicken. And he looks at me. He looks at me and goes, or what? (laughs) 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 Oh, I I, I about strangled him. I about jumped across the table and I was like, ah, you know, I was like, or what? What are you talking about? Like, uh, but I, I took a deep breath and I was like, you really want to know? (laughs) <laughs> and he, he ate the rest of his chicken, but like, it's a constant fight. <laughs> we're constantly, we're constantly butting heads. I have a granddaughter like that. I, I tell her on occasion, she needs the attitude adjustment. We, we were there taking care of him, and she was mad at me. It was time to go to bed, and thought I was rocking to sleep, and she said, that's pretty good but i don't know it's it's hard and i know they're going through stuff too but anyways I you guys might find me in prison at some point i don't know <laughs> <laughs> mo is there anything else you want to add on the end i know we got started kind of late but uh can you wrap this up? Is there anything you want to add, add, ask Coach or anything? Not in particular. I just just wanted to know I enjoyed working with him throughout the years. You know, we didn't we didn't really do a whole lot together until after we got to the retirement stage. Because it's difficult to whenever you're he was spending all the time in the in the pool, and I was in the gym all the time. Even in the summers, we would doing the same thing, so it was a lot of opportunity to do anything after what we were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, anything you want to tell Mo before I head out? No, no, no. Just, just miss him. And, uh, he was, uh, you know, he, what he didn't mention was, you know, when I got sick, he was he was there for me all the time. Played a lot of golf together and uh, spent a lot of time together, so I always appreciated that. Oh, coach! I told you that uh, they pushed Kona, the World Championships, to February. They gave right. me the option to either do it in February or to defer to October 2021. So I'm just—I just decided to defer until October next year, October 2021. So um, I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in February. So plus, I don't want to be doing six-hour rides and over Christmas break. So yeah, yeah. So we deferred the next year, so we got another year to plan. So, all right. So we'll, uh, good. yeah, we'll we'll touch base and we'll uh, we'll plan for it. So. Sounds good. Mo, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's good seeing you. Oh, thanks for having me. I was telling Gina last night though that uh, this podcast isn't going to win any beauty pad any beauty pageants. <laughs> 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 I told you last night we could have got some some uh, set-ins for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Sit in for you, and that brightened it up quite a bit. <laughs> Just have sit-ins. Yeah, that's what we should do. Just have sit-ins. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. coach. All right. See you guys. Yep. You guys take All care. Right. See you.